Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. In surgery, Doctor Homebrew uh, still Leeless. Lee is out sick today, but uh, we have Matt filling in. Matt's a local dozer from the uh, local homebrew club. Oh, you just fell asleep right now. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, uh, Brian's going to make a good grandfather because he has his grandpa jokes already, puns and shit like that. You're going to be yeah. amazing. You're going to do good, buddy. I get it from my grandfather. you got to pass that stuff along, man. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn all about how to clean and then properly sanitize uh, your brewing equipment, man. You can't do both uh, in just one shot. you gotta do, uh, You got to do uh, one step and then two steps. You have to do it. Uh, and it will make you just a better person in general, but it'll make you a better brewer, I promise. Especially cold side, man. Uh, you know, I think as, uh, as homebrewers, we can kind of fall into this trap of, uh, of um, oh, it's all pre-boiled, so I don't have to worry about it. And then I think that can kind of bleed over. I know I do that all the time, actually, which is my, kind of my beer tastes like shit sometimes. Uh, but don't let you, don't, don't be me. Don't, don't be JP. Uh, clean your stuff, sanitize it. Use PBW, then star sand. you got to do these things. 5starchemicals.com will show you how. If your local home shop does not carry 5-star chemicals, please, please threaten to kneecap them if they don't start. Yes. <sighs> don't be a JP. Don't be a JP, man. Please don't Free do that. Free with care. <laughs> please do. Free with care, man. Oh, uh, man, we're having a whirlwind uh, Dr. Homebrew day already, man. We got, uh, what do we have? We have a Brett, uh, Brett Saison kind of thing going on. We got, uh, what else do we have? We've got a lot of flavors to share with there? everybody today. We do have some flavors. We have a grapefruit Belgian pale as well, and a Belgian Saison that may or may not have Brett in it. We need to find that out from the guy. Uh, well, we're going to call Josh here in just a second. Actually, let's get him on the line and put, keep him on hold because uh, why not? Because I can, I guess, really. And, uh,. We'll get him on the phone here because, yeah, sometimes, man, I, I get confused. I think, the, can't these Saison yeasts kind of kick out a, a pseudo Brett yeah. quality? And, mm-hmm. and you kind of, then you don't really know, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, good. I'm making sure that I'm not stupid. Uh, Josh, are you with us, buddy? I am. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. good. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we can settle on the time, man. I'm sorry I had to kick you up. Poor Josh, man. I kicked him around like three times, and he's like, seriously? What's going on, <laughs> no, dude? That, it all worked out, you know? Oh, he's good and ready for us. <laughs> That's yeah, true, Yeah, exactly. Man. I watched the last show, and you guys did like the Uber Brett beer, so I don't know how this is going to yeah. stand next to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, neither do I, but uh, we'll get, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump in there. Um, so yeah. h- how long have you been homebrewing, Josh? Um... Just about two years, but really more actively in the last year, probably nine batches in the last year and only, you know, one or two batches in that year before. Okay. Are you, you fall, uh, falling off for any reason or 
No, I brew more now than I did you before. Like now. I kind of okay. got into it on the extract end and did one or two batches and then kind of went go. in heavy last year around this time with all grain. There you go. You loving it? Yeah, it's been a really good time. It's yeah. awesome. I, um, I'm a pharmacist, so this kind of stuff sort of. It's in your wheelhouse, man. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's either like uh, you know, people in the science industry, ph- pharmacies in, in science industry, right? Come yeah, on, I would say that's right? a scientific sure. profession. Um, yeah, or uh, engineers. The, those people tend to do yeah. really well as homebrewers because you want to, you can pay attention to the details and you can focus yeah. in on stuff and uh, and you know how you know important it is. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so explain to me what we have here, man. Because I mean, I'm smelling it for the first time, and it smells amazing. Yeah, I sent you guys. So this is probably confusing. The way I did this was it was a split <laughs> batch where I I made the same wort and then I um I pitched uh, Belgian saison two into the whole seven gallons, but then into half of it I pitched uh, Brett B. Okay. So I brewed it about nine months ago, so it's aged quite a while. The 12-ounce bottle that you guys have is actually just the plain Saison. Okay. And the bombers were the Brett Saison. And kind of the reason I sent it in to you was because as I tasted it, I don't really get the, the – I get the Brett, but I don't think it's super heavy. And it sort of seems more like if I were going to submit this to competition that I would send it in more as a Saison. But I know some judges will really – you know, if you read the guidelines, they're super clear that bread is not yeah. supposed to be in um, the traditional, like, Saison. So I don't know if this falls into more of a 16E type Belgian specialty. Yeah. We agree with you, Josh. The bread is light. Okay, next caller. <laughs> <laughs> I will take my answer off the air, please. Exactly. No. I was like, really? I waited around for that <laughs> shit? <laughs> No, yeah, it's a pleasant beer, I, I, but yeah, the Brett is is really subtle too. We're like, yeah. is it the Brett one or? We were like, but we because also sometimes you don't it know right after you know from the last show yeah. there was a, a Brett bomb that just woo hello. Yeah, you and that was kind of the thing. I sort of wished I would have just sent it into you guys as saison and then seen how you know and then we would have missed the bread and then you would have called us out on it and smacked us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's bread in there. Come on. <laughs> You can exactly. taste it, can't you? And they'll be like, I guess yeah, I get it a little bit, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's definitely there, but it's super light. Yeah, and I didn't really weigh it anything. You know, I pitched it all at the same time. I think the only thing that having kind of read up on it a little bit more now would have been to to mash higher to leave a little bit more stuff for the the bread to chew on over time. But the, I think if I had done that, the, the, yeah. the part without the bread already finished a little high, it was like 1.01 final. Um, so it probably would have been even sweeter had I not, you know, mashed at 150. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Brett can help you finish out to whatever gravity you're targeting too, and, and it does yeah. take a while to act. So, yeah, if you yeah. want to, you know, mash it higher than you would have, and yeah, we're already getting into yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 describe pump, the beer, but yeah, pump the brakes, Brian, and just <laughs> start us from the top. Okay, break uh break Josh's beer down for us, would you? Yeah. Um. So the Belgian saison with Brett. It's a we we are on the twenty two ounce bottle. Had a nice hiss when we opened it up, and uh, medium fruitiness in the aroma, a light white pepper character in there, low oranginess. Um, the bready malt notes are a bit muted, uh, but pleasant. No DMS or diacetyl. It has a very light bread note, and a kind of an earthiness and a light hay that comes through, but pretty subtle. Uh, there's a light kind of tart note in the aroma as well but overall it's a pretty clean smelling saison and i like the aroma a lot 
Um, light yellowy gold color with orangey highlights. It has a moderate haze to it here, and you can have some of that. It's you know, this sample's not too bad. I guess maybe it settled a little bit, but um, or the yeah something. Um, had a low white head that persisted for a, uh, a pretty good amount of time. Uh, actually, quite a long time, but stayed kind of a low head, and you can kind of swirl it up. I think this might be fairly highly carbonated beer. So low head is just kind of bubbles on the surface, but you can see the beer through it, or it's it starts low. I mean, it just it doesn't pour up a big fluffy head right sure. away. It just starts kind of moderately low. Usually, as when you're judging a beer, you'll mm-hmm. tend to pour it straight down the middle of the glass. And see what it kicks up, and then so like right now, you know, mine kind of looks, you know, honestly like the Earth, right? If if the foam in the middle, the bubbles in the middle were the continents and everything else, all the right. clear beer around it was the water. That's what it looks like to me. Would would you still classify that as? Would, would that be a low head, or would that be? I mean, would that be anything? And just, so it's like white around the well, rims too. Yeah, th- this beer should kick up a big fluffy head, and it and it should stick around mm-hmm. pretty well the, the head did stick around pretty well but it just started low when i'm saying a low head it kind of just started low it didn't yeah it, and didn't i'm push up a big huge, and i'm just cl- trying to yeah. clarify what a low head actually looks like like is this yeah. a low head like, with just like white around the rim and that's anything less it? than one finger i guess you could say okay. you know, it's kind of maybe okay. a good place to define right. it for me um, well, then I like that. Moderate haze, low. Yeah, it, it, it stuck around for, for a pretty good amount of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I already said that. Okay, rewind. Uh, fast forward. You know. Okay, flavor. Bready malt with some kind of uh, slightly pithy orange note in it. Um, beside that, a kind of low, unobtrusive, inobtrusive hops. Uh, <laughs> seems like a pretty clean Belgian ale ferment here. Like you took care of your yeasts. And it did a lot of things right there. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of kind of honey, like it just. I get a little honey it for seems sure. Like it's a. Um, you said it, it was. It's been aging for seven months. When you age a beer, sometimes it can, you, you know, next to a fresh saison, it's not going to taste quite as fresh. Um, so just a little bit of a kind of staling creeping in, but I think the the bread is also working and it's changing. The beer is evolving. So uh, I'm not sure where it's going and, and where it's been, but uh, where it's at now is, yeah, just a little bit of honey, honey kind of flavor in there. Aftertaste, uh, really, you know, big yeast character, especially the fruits in there, the oranginess. And uh, it finishes lightly sweet, or at least the impression of sweetness um, from, from the fruit in there. And again, only a hint of bread, kind of a light little hay-like flavor. Yeah. With that orange, it kind of works really well. Yeah, it's, you know, balance-wise, it's not yeah. a bad place to be, but, you you know, an experienced judge will, would pick that out. But if you didn't mention it, some some might miss it. Um, and so, yeah, if you declare it, you really probably do want it a little higher than that. Uh, mouthfeel-wise, medium light-bodied with low astringency, a hint of alcohol warmth. It's not very creamy or, or rich or anything. It's just kind of a... Um, yeah, medium-high carbonation, pretty spritzy, uh, a little carbonic, and it feels a little drying on the tongue, despite that hint of sweetness in the flavor. You know, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. Um, overall, it's a pleasant saison. Really, it seems like a good recipe, and maybe just a bit past its prime where it's aging and changing, and, and um, you know, maybe even you could have got a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of yeast and suspension here. You might have gotten a little yeast autolysis either in the, the bottle or in, in somewhere in the fermentation 
uh, you want to make sure you take it off the yeast promptly once it's all done, finished out, and everything. And and I don't know, you know, what your what your process was there. I'm sure you you pay attention to the good stuff there. But uh, yeah, the the Brett is slow to take off, but it's a little bit there. If um, you know, if you're declaring that, just bring that note up a bit, and you know, just pay good attention to your yeast health. But it seemed like cleanly fermented. That's kind of a light point. It's just like a little bit of a kind of a, a meaty quality to it. I thought so. Maybe something with the yeast there that's that's going on and changing. So, I don't know, but yeah, I give it a 35. I thought it was a very pleasant, um, a very good, a very good uh, Belgian saison, even with the Brett. Um, I don't know that I'd score it any higher as just a, a Belgian saison. It, it, it's hmm. it's it's got that knowing that it has bread and it wouldn't change anything. Well, just as a straight Belgian saison, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have that that light kind of um, the bright fruitiness and the kind of cakey um, smooth malt quality. It's like a little. It tastes like a saison that's past its prime, and then you get a little bit of that bread in there if you if you look for it. So too sweet, maybe. Um, it does or finish lightly sweet, but again, direction. I think that's from the esters and from all the from the yeast in there. So okay. Well, Matt, what do you think? So I I judge this what I guess forty five minutes ago something. Um, <laughs> As the beer is warm, though, I, I went back to it. I wrote a note here, and I circled it. And uh, you remember Fruit Stripes gum? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I smell. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, zebra? The zebra, yeah. yeah. Yipe Stripes. Reminds um, me of uh, shopping up Kmart with my mom. <laughs> Your beer reminds me of a multicolored zebra. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I get uh, a lot of fruity kind of strawberry uh, uh, esters. Up front with some light pepper. Not a whole lot of hop character, but that's not really uh, uh, to style anyways. Uh, clean malt character in the aroma. Um, now, I got a big, thick, off-white foam as it poured. Um, and it's, I shit you not, it stuck around like 45 <laughs> minutes later when <laughs> yeah, I went back to it. It was, it was still there. Uh, maybe it wasn't as thick as it was, but um, uh, it was still there for sure. Uh, hazy light gold. Uh, flavor, I, I have, uh, let's see, pretty peppery lemon, uh, sort of pithy lemon. Um, the back, uh, let's see, backside bitterness is a little lacking. Um, uh, finish is pretty dry. Um, and there's there's a little bit of that leather going on. But then again, maybe I was, uh, when we were talking about it, does it have bread, does it not have bread? Um, maybe it was... I was suggesting it to myself. <laughs> um, hot flavor is uh, pretty subdued. Uh, malt comes through is a little uh, bready, not bretty, bready. It tastes a little bready. Okay. Um, uh, let's see, a uh, little bit of alcohol warmth uh, as far as the mouth feel. A um, uh, little bit of heat on the back of the palate. Lots of carbonic bite um, going on there. Very effervescent. Um, my overall impression of this, uh, the, uh, I'd like to see a little bit more hot bitterness, I guess, uh, uh, to balance out that, that big, sweet, um, estery, fruity note. Um, and, you know, saisons are typically on the higher end of bitterness anyways for for um, uh, Belgian beers. Okay. But I, I ended up scoring this very close to Brian. I gave it a 36. Um, I thought it was a very pleasant beer. I liked it a lot. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It would be fun to talk about where this beer, you, you said it went to 1010 before you added the Brett. Do you know where it's at now? 
So, no, the the version of it that did not have any bread in it finished at 10.10. Okay. The breaded version finished, I think the last gravity reading I took before bottling it was like 003, maybe, something wow. like that. Wow, wow. Um, it, it finished pretty low. Yeah. Because, I, like I said, I pitched the bread and the sack both at the same time. Um, this was the first beer I actually had temp control for. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to take a couple yeah. different approaches to it since I had the. Well, that's the good. Space you you must have worked with your temp control well enough to keep the saison yeast happy because it is notoriously kind of finicky and it will drop out. If you know, if you got it in a system where you're, 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 I don't know. Do you have the uh, like a thermal well where you're measuring inside the beer temp? No, it's actually just taped to the Excel. outside of the yeah. You tape it and insulate insulation it, on it. You can kind of do a pretty good job with that too. But yeah. I think um, part of it was too. What I've read is the saison two is actually not as notorious for that hold up or stalling out. So yeah. part of me kind of wonders if it just chewed through everything before the brat really had a chance to like get going. Well, yeah, I mean ten ten. Depending where it started, too ten ten is kind of towards the high end of where it, it's supposed to finish. They can go down to ten o two or thereabouts, you know, for for a finished saison. The, the biggest problem most people have is not getting them dry enough. But uh, yeah, that's it's. Uh, yeah, it worked. The yeast worked, and then the the saison or the the Brett kind of did the rest of the job. But you might even, well, I don't know. Yeah, you can experiment with it and and see if if mashing at a higher temp and and leaving a little more dextrins in there for the Brett to chew on, or, or putting some wheat in there or something, and just giving it some more, um, you know, starchy, big bigger chain material to to chew on a little bit might be a good thing for that Brett to keep it happy and make it more as declared. Sure. So if I wanted to, you know, submit that just as a regular Saison, you were saying that it kind of needs some more of the fruity. Is that just a lack of esters, you think, or is that a recipe issue? It's pretty fruity to yeah. me. It just it just didn't have the um, the freshness and the brightness that I want. So, like, the, the, the fruit characters that I'm getting are mostly orange and less of the kind of lemony thing. Mm-hmm. Um what did you do at the end of your fermentation? Did you let it rise up a little bit, or did you just keep it kind of steady and stop? Or So I did this. I started at 72 degrees F for like three days, and then I ramped it, I think, two degrees a day up to, I think, 82. Yeah. Um, and kind of just let it sit there for quite a while and let it ferment all the way out, or as far out as I could get it anyway. Well, you could always try fermenting it with six different yeasts. <laughs> and, uh, no, that's sorry. the other option. Oh, I, di- I digress. No, uh, I think what you did that's sounds the other right. Thing yeah. I've noticed with this, too, is I think Ryan was mentioning that he had kind of a lot of carbonic bite. And this was, mm-hmm. I think, one of the, the last beers that I bottle conditioned. And I've definitely noticed a lot of um, bottle variability as far as carbonation is concerned. Mm. Saisons will do that too, you know. I mean, once in a while, yeah. when I just start creeping up, this one was kind of, yeah, creeping mm-hmm. up the neck a little bit. Hey, that's all right for a saison; they'll do yeah. that. <laughs> and the, uh, you know, the carbonation helps to drive a lot of those flavors, and it plays off the dryness that's in there already. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily back that off. That's fine. But uh, yeah, if you, you can kind of keep it somewhat under reasonable control, and so your bottles are somewhat consistent, then you know. But the, yeah, the yeah. yeast is going to do what it'll do in there. Can I give you guys the recipe real quick and see yeah, if you can make any changes yeah, to that? Yeah, definitely. So I had, 
about 75% Pils malt, uh, 10% Munich, 7% wheat, about 5% uh, just sucrose, table sugar. And then for hops, I did, what was it, about 15 IBUs of Willamette, and then at 60 minutes, and three ounces of size at 15 minutes, and then the yeast we talked about already. Yeah. I agree with Matt that the hop is maybe a little bit light. You could you could push that up a little bit to help balance it, and that might be part of what's missing um, in the beer to keep it kind of balanced. But um, so, yeah, a little bit more at the bittering. A little more on the bittering, yeah. Yeah. Because they can be substantially not not like bitter like an IPA, right. but there can be yeah. a substantial bitterness there to balance all that yeast character that you have. So, can you give them a range like another ten IBUs or five, yeah. Yeah. Or something easy? Yeah, for there sure. Ten, okay. Another 10, maybe. Yeah. Shoot for that and see what happens with that it. That seems like are typically 20, about 20, 25. Uh, probably not as high as 30, but um, no. for this, yeah. Yeah. That's 20, 25. Seems like a pretty this. light hop dose. Where, I don't know where the AAs were on those, but yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, Beersmith calculated out at around 30, so I don't know if, uh, you know, the if the 15 minute is actually a little bit less perceived or what. Um, the other mm. thing I think I'd probably change with this is my. OG actually came in, I think, above 1.06, and I'd probably back down on that a little bit. I think um, you guys had mentioned it seemed just a little bit hot. I think the breaded version came in, like, between, like, 7.5% and 8%, so it was a little boozier than I probably would have initially, or that I would do now anyway. But that's about right for the style, You can get up there, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think you'd want to dial that gravity back too much on that. Too far. All right. But um, that might, if you did a little tiny bit, it might let the bread shine through a little more too. I don't know. But I think just, you know, more age on the bread, it's going to keep changing. And, and sure. seven months might sound like a long time, but it's, you know, uh-huh. the bread can, you know, after 12, 12 months, it's going to taste different. And 15 months and, you know, just keep keep tasting it. You might just, you know, save whatever you have left. You put it all in bottles, you said, and it's in the bombers. Yeah, I've got the, yeah. I've got like five or six bombers left shoved under like a crawl space in our house somewhere super inconvenient for <laughs> for me to get to. So hopefully <laughs> That's last, a good you know. idea. Hide the beer from yourself. Yeah. I like well, that. Well, that's kind of be one of those things I'd like to do once a year and like Oh, I discovered see how it I changes have beer. over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, and, do you have any more questions for the guys? No, man. I think that um, that does it. I appreciate it. Okay. He opens yeah. the last one. It's cool. perfect now. Why did I say all of this? Right. Well, that's what's going to happen because that's what always happens. Right. Yeah. And you can enjoy and savor that last bottle whenever it comes. Or it could exactly. be could be going way downhill. You never know. <laughs> that's true. Very nice beer, though. Thanks, guys. Thank all right, you, Josh. Thanks, Cheers. Sure. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. Have a good night. Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Good beer, man. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk with Andrew. Um, back after this, it's Dr. Homebrew. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. 
One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about home brewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Examination. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We have Andrew on Skype here. Andrew, are you with us, buddy? Yes. All right, how you doing, man? Hey. Hello. 
Doing well. How are you guys? Perfect. Thanks for uh, sacrificing a Monday night, man. So late and where you are. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, I um, I have the winter off, so. Oh, nice. You can drink all night. <laughs> yeah, just party. Party at Andrews <laughs> for the next three months. <laughs> or you're on the yeah. you're on the east coast so probably like uh you guys will probably get winter for like eight months i'm in pittsburgh right now actually so um it's it's not it's it's not cold at all it's actually fair uh very nice it's like mid 50s oh <laughs> wow so. over here man in california if it hits mid 50s everyone's like oh my god it's a cold snap we have to turn our faucets on and we have to bundle up and it's pretty crazy <laughs> The Uggs come out. <laughs> Dude, the Ugg, yes, the Uggs come out. And you can always tell if it's a warm, if it's going to be a warm winter when there's no Uggs post-Thanksgiving. Usually <laughs> September, it's like it hits, you know, high 60s Uggs everywhere. It's just they're so comfortable, but they look terrible. Yeah, there's a reason they're called Uggs. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry That's about that. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, he's like, whatever, people actually wear boots here, not slippers with treads on them. Uh, okay, Andrew, uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Uh, for about um, four or five years. Oh, really? Okay, cool. And uh, mostly um, all grain or doing some extract in there? What are you doing? I Yeah, I, I mostly do all grain. I do some extract in the wintertime okay. just so I'm not you know, in and out when it's 20 degrees outside and snowing. <laughs> you don't want to be standing out there waiting for your, your water to boil. No. Is that a hard time? I mean, it might be a really stupid question, but it, I would imagine in the wintertime to, you know, hit your mash temps and control that kind of stuff, that'd be kind of difficult, right, brewing outside? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you can just put the burner on low, put it on the lowest setting, or um, uh, cover it with a blanket or something, you know, something okay. like that. So that wasn't too much of a stupid question, was it? No, no, it, it does make it a, a lot more difficult. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that uh, I understood how, how brewing works because uh, I'm not very smart. Um, all right, Andrew, what beer did you send us? So this is um, <clears throat> actually a, a Spencer Trappistale clone from the Brew Your Own magazine. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's all right. Um the May June 2014 article. Okay. And I had a, um, I, I bought a four pack of that when I was out in, in Massachusetts and it's, it's an amazing beer. I think it tastes really, really, really good. And it, it's, it has this like a, like sweet orange peel taste to it, mm-hmm. but there's no space spices and no fruit in it. And then I made so so I made it and I used their clone recipe and it tasted straight up like grapefruit juice. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and I made it in, um, like June or July. So it's been really subdued. But me and my fiance call it the grapefruit beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. let's uh, let's jump into this beer and see uh, and see what we uh, and so so what kind of feedback are you looking for? Are you looking for kind of a tip to to you know, give you some different flavors that might line up more with the commercial example, or do you kind of like the way it is and you just want to get a feel for it? Or, or what are you looking for tonight? Well, I've made three Belgian pails and I've made um, them all quite horribly, I think. <laughs> so th- this, this is the, the, the third one and the best one. Okay. Um, but um, 
like I'm pretty good with my lagers. I'm pretty good with my saisons. It's just that the style is not the Belgian pale hates you, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, honestly, mine too. I, I have a Belgian table beer that I call, and uh, I, I can't get it right for, for some reason. I can't get that sharp bitterness that it needs, and uh, yeah, so I'm very frustrated with the Belgians right now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Brian, uh, take us through this beer, man. Yeah. Um. So we were. It was declared as a a, tw- a, a grapefruit Belgian pale. So we we kind of we judged it as a fruit beer, a twenty category twenty beer, but. I guess there's no fruit in there, so, uh, you know, we, we might be a little off, but forgive us. Just bear with us anyway. Um, Aroma-wise, it's got a low, there's a low maltiness in there with kind of a bread, bready character and a little light toast. But um, what I'm getting mainly is a big perfumey aroma um, and a low, there's a kind of, there is kind of a medium-low grapefruit aroma in there, kind of a grapefruit peel character with a pithy kind of uh, note to it. Uh, no hops. Uh, you know, some orangey esters in there. But I'm also getting a fair amount of acetone-like solventiness, um, kind of like a uh, nail polish remover. Um, hmm. It's also okay. rich, richly ester, and it's just kind of sharp overall. It's a really biting aroma. And I'm not sure, you know, if the solventy is coming, you know, from a ferment temp thing or if there's a, some... I get like um, a more, more chlorine. Contamination going on. Like a more chlorine, chlorine kind of thing. Okay. Is that me? That's just me, isn't it? Like chlorophenolic or just straight um, chlorine? Like a straight chlorine, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess... Like I swimming know. pool? Um, no. I guess um, chlorinated water. Like untreated water. Okay. okay. Chlorophenolic, chlorophenolic, like yes, a medicinal okay. chlorophenolic yes, kind of thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there, could, there, I, there could be some phenols with everything else going on here. I didn't pick that out. Um, but as I'm smelling it, yeah, I could, there could be a little bit medicinal um, phenolic in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Appearance-wise, it's a light pinkish golden color with um, a low white head that fades pretty quickly. Um, it's very hazy. Uh, the, the, the foam stand is kind of frothy with some finer bubbles. Um, the color overall is, is too light for the Belgian pale ale style. It should be a little more rich, orangey, coppery colored beer. And this is like a light, like a weird pinkish gold. Um, flavor wise has a, are you sure you're going to put grapefruit in this? <laughs> Based, bready malt, light, and it's hiding behind this big, pithy, sharp, biting fruitiness. Um, yeah, this is all yeast character, right? A lot of yeast character, yeah. And a lot of maybe other things besides yeast, uh, bacteria or other things, but yeah. Okay. If you're getting a, a phenolic, it could be from a wild yeast. Um, yeah, and there's some phenolic in the flavor, too, like a medicinal phenolic. Thank you. Maybe that's what I'm kind of perceiving is that kind of acetone-like sharpness and solventiness mm-hmm. um, mixed with the, the fruity flavors that are in there. It gives it kind of this weird perfumey and, and uh, you know, kind of nail polish thing. But, yeah, it doesn't really smell like the chemical nail polish removal. I was just trying to find a way to describe it. So, yeah, I think JP might be onto something here. Yeah. You hear um, that, Matt? I'm onto something. Also, it was somewhat vegetal. It has, like, the characteristics of just... Um, vegetative matter in there a little bit um a little bit harsh and biting on the tongue 
that's kind of going into the mouthfeel a little bit too there, but yeah. Hang on a um, second. I'm going to interrupt you for a second, Brian. Andrew, are, are these flavors um, that Brian's describing something that you kind of uh, see in, in your other beers, or is this kind of just all coming out of left field for you? The, this is all just this one beer. Okay. <laughs> um, there's there's absolutely no grapefruit in it, and and I followed a clone <laughs> recipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it it has some like really odd kind of drying, like like a like tongue drying astringent. Yeah. Yeah. Thing yeah. going on to it. To me, phenolics, okay. phenolics can give that impression too. Like they can the medicinal. It's like when you shoot chloroseptic into your mouth and it dries your your tongue out in a weird way and just how old are you is it the 1950s where you live because what are you what are you talking about (laughs) you know like when you get a sore throat and you get that the spray medicine like chloroseptic no that's the classic i mean brian's a grandpa that is a chloro (laughs) they still sell that shit (laughs) it's been handed down from my grandparents they gave it to me but it has that that biting (laughs) astringent kind of character okay and uh, you'll find you some online right now. <laughs> buy that right. stuff. I can go to Walmart and get it. Fucking surfing Amazon right now on his phone. Maybe it, your, your your parents just let you suffer through your <laughs> they sore do. They want me to be Bastard. stronger. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> you don't need no medicine. Just suffer. Uh, well, okay. So we know that there's something off with the beer. Um, how do we... Uh, maybe let's shift to trying to fix it for him. Where could we have gone wrong with this? Because I don't... I mean, it's not the recipe. This is a contamination of something, right? Sure. Contamination, yeah. Here, chloroseptic, right there. <laughs> oh, why didn't you, know? you say so? The, the spray cough the spray syrup. Spray cough? Yeah. Well, it's not cough syrup, though. No. It's for your sore throat. It, it anesthetizes numbs. and yes. numbs your throat when you have a sore throat. Oh, yes. I'm not saying this beer is numbing our throats or anything, but yeah. No. No, I, I okay, now but it yes. has that kind of biting astringent and it has that, that flavor, that medicinal yes. phenolic flavor. Yes. So. That's like what it's coming from and stuff, and you probably shouldn't spray that into your beer there, uh, Andrew. So, uh, <laughs> next caller. Oh, wait. We're, uh, no, sorry. Um, I did um, make a starter out of the dregs of two of the uh, Trappist ale okay. beers, mm-hmm. but I, I followed my you know general steps with um, yeast, man, uh, yeast management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so carefully. It, I mean, if it could, you know, I was thinking it could either be, you know, contamination from that or, or, uh, yeast stress. Maybe I don't, when you, when you were making the starters and you know, you would grow it up or, you know, however you did it, uh, did you smell the starter? And if you did, did you get any of these aromas out of that? You see Um, what I mean? No, but I have a pretty weak sense of smell. So, okay. Okay. Like I don't smell. Um, I hardly smell anything with this beer. Okay. So. Because my, you know, my line of thinking is maybe he he got something in the transfer and just kind of grew yeah. it up with with the starter, and because he, he was kind of doomed to begin with, I guess. Yes, probably. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's it's again in the flavor. It's got it does have a. a I agree with the description of it being grapefruity. That that something in the fruitiness does scream grapefruit here. Along with the orange and the solventy character, um, it finishes semi-dry, but the esters give it kind of an impression of some sweetness. It also tastes a little bit tart. Um, there might be multiple bacteria and wild yeast in here doing, getting happy and doing weird things to the beer. Um, I don't know if it, it landed in a keg or if it's all in bottles or if you've had 
any exploding bottles or anything. But yeah, it's a, and did you bottle condition, Andrew? I, I caked half of it and I bottled the other half. Yeah. How does the keg version compare to the bottled version? It was the same, only it was more grapefruity. Huh. Wow. More grapefruity. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So something. So, so the, the grapefruit flavor has subsided over the last like six months or so. Okay. So this is definitely ferment issue. This like, pre-ferment. I don't think it's packaging. It's not cold side. It's well, not cold side, but it's not bottling or in something in the in the bottling wand or something like that. Right. It's got to be from the jump. Yeah. It does taste like that that chloroseptic medicine. It does taste. Mm-hmm. It it has a chlorophenolic in it. Thank you, JP. You're welcome. Lee should have been here. It would have helped his throat. If Lee was here, we'd be on track. We'd be (laughs) halfway to having his beer fixed right now. We're just trying to figure out what's going on, but it's okay. Um, Because, I mean, I can get the orangey. I can get the things that you were saying, Andrew, in the beginning. Like, you kind of fight through all the, for me, the the chlorine. um, And I could see what the beer could be. And it does smell like a very interesting beer. Kind of orangey and, uh, you know, sweet. I, I can see that. Yeah, but still, the overall impression, it's kind of lacks almost all of the character of the base style. Like, sometimes, like, phenolic can hide a lot of the things that you really are looking for, but also just the, the color is a giveaway, too, that there's, you know, the the malt is not quite there that should be in there to, to give the beer its character, but uh, even that being right wouldn't wouldn't fix the beer. Something just got away in here, and it, it took over and, hmm. you know, left it with this astringent, biting mouthfeel and, and, some, and a big phenolic in it there. And kind of a perfumey, um, solventy character, vegetal. Um, so yeah, it just it lacks a lot of the character of the base style, and it, and it has a, lo- a number of different flaws going on. It's harsh and pithy. And if it were a fruit beer, we would tell you exactly how to add your grapefruit to make it taste perfect. But we won't do that because it wasn't intended to be a fruit beer. So uh, just yeah, it's, it's just not not a not a clean beer. It need, needs to work on the sanitation and. Just grow your mm-hmm. grow the intended yeast strain up from a pitch from a packet the next time and brew the same beer and, and see if you get closer to that that beer you're trying to clone. I bet you could do a lot better than that. But. Yeah, is it a proprietary uh, yeast strain, Andrew, or is it something you can grab from like White Labs or something? It's rep- it's proprietary, and that's why I grew it up okay. and all of their okay. beers are bottle conditioned. Because now, so. uh, Matt, maybe you can mm-hmm. help me out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, I've heard that you shouldn't grow yeast from a, a bottle of beer that has a high alcohol content because that can mutate the yeast. Right, right. You're you're definitely going to have uh, yeast stress with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're not going to get the same uh, 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 profile that you that you have in the in the original beer that you got it from because uh, obviously you you any any time you stress yeast, whether it's from high alcohol or or hot ferment. Uh, you're going to start to to develop flavors that that you weren't intending on okay. to begin yeah. with. Yeah, the yeast has been through the ringer and it's tired and it's it's laying there like, oh, please don't throw anything else at me, and then you throw something else at it. It's like yeah. working on a Friday; it just doesn't really have it. So, <laughs> I mean, the only way you're going to get this yeast is, you know, you're going to have to break into the brewery. We know, <laughs> we know some guys. Um, you know, oh. if are are they? They're not local to you at all, by any chance, are they? No, it's a monastery north of Boston. Okay, oh, cool. Um, cause, I mean, well, yeah, I become don't know. a monk. Yeah, become a monk, um. and then you can <laughs> smuggle some in your rope. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so, keeping in mind that uh, you know something's something. Yeah, up. how do I follow up Brian's? Um, so yeah, I get a, a big citrus, a lot of pithy notes. Um, 
And again, I, I was I was kind of judging this against uh, a uh, Belgian pale, and and you're looking for a touch of light caramel, honey uh, uh, aromas, and that's just not there at all. Um, the orangey uh, is the thing that is there. That's the one thing that kind of yeah yeah yeah. A little bit of a bready malt character, uh, no hop aroma, uh, spicy pepper, and then uh, sort of vegetal sulfury aroma going on there. Appearance: I have uh, a medium straw uh, color, hazy, very hazy actually, um, and a head that quickly dissipates. Um, flavor: I kind of mirror the aroma. It's very pithy. Um, uh, Sort of vegetal, sulfury up front, uh, and there is a lot of grapefruit, citrus flavor, followed by a little orange-like esters um, with some low-level peppery phenols. Um, finish is super dry, um, uh, and the fruit, you know, just kind of sits there up front and says, "Hey, I'm here." Um, <laughs> uh, some honey-like maltiness, uh, kind of in the background. If I was, if I were to look for it. Lots of carbonation. Uh, I mean, this thing just, uh, as far as the mouthfeel goes, is just very, very effervescent. Um, not a whole lot of alcohol worth, but but what struck me was a lot of astringency. So what I was immediately thinking was there's definitely some some secondary fermentation going on by something that wasn't necessarily meant to be mm-hmm. fermenting. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of malt character to this. Uh, this is just a big uh, uh, yeast bomb. Um, uh, the yeast and bacteria-based um, flavors really take a front seat on this. Um, super astringent, so you definitely... Uh, 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 and that could also come from, from the uh, fermentation character, but also uh, take care with your mash temperature or your your um, sparge temperature, making sure that it uh, you don't exceed um, you know 170 degrees, don't over sparge, uh, watch, uh, you don't want to over crush your grains. Um, as far as the vegetal sulfury uh, thing, that, that sometimes can come from poor malt quality. Um, uh, but the big thing here is um, the problem with uh, wild yeast bacteria that, that got into this and, and, went wild had a party for sure yeah yeah it, it could probably couldn't have been helped that we you attempted to do it then you know yeah trying to grow up from a small sample is always tricky but yeah i mean you know i suggest just cleaning all your stuff real well just do a just take a day and just clean everything and then, also, uh, and then yeah, try it again man try to find out what general style of yeast they use and what characteristics it has and try to find mm-hmm. the closest match in a commercial strain that you can get to. Um, you know, if you talk to someone there, they might even steer you if they're really nice, but they probably won't. Yeah, I mean, shoot them an email. It might be worth it. Or give them a call or something worth like that. You know, see what if, did the uh, clone recipe recommend using? Uh, Y-Labs 530. Okay. The uh, Abbey, I mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a good yeast. It is. I like it. Uh, do you have any questions um, for the guys, Andrew? Yeah, so I have two. Um, so the the, the 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 recipe given says uh, 10 pounds, 2 row, 2 pounds, 6 row, and 4 ounces of Care Munich uh, 6TL. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I used 10 pounds, 2 row, 1 pound, 6 row, and, and then the 4 ounces. Um, that, that's, 
That's really light, and that's one thing I noticed very quickly. But so, so how would I get it in the right, um, the 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 right color range? Because it says for the recipe, um, it says here uh, eight SRM, but this isn't eight SRM. This is like four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can throw in some Caramunic or Caravian to give it some more color. Um, you know, half a pound or three quarters of a pound of the Caramunic or something like that might oh, okay. bring it up so in like, color like range. Like double it or triple it. Yeah. All right. They they, pro- they might just go with a really light version of it. I don't know if it. Yeah, they they could just want it on the lighter side of the style. But if it called for eight SRM and and that was all you had in there, that does seem a little light. So. Yeah, adjust that upward, and that's going to help your color. The only time I've really used six row in beers that I've brewed is when I'm using um, some amount of of uh, corn or rice. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. curious as to uh, the the six row in there. I was really confused. I've never brewed with six row before, so. <laughs> but I <laughs> um, I like the beer. I wanted to brew it for a while. I saw the recipe in the magazine. I thought, hey, I'll just try this. And yeah, so six row help. Six row will help dry it out a little bit. It's, uh, six row definitely has more um, uh, protein um, than than two rows, so it's going to be uh, going to have you're going to have more uh, enzymatic, also a little more husk like character. And, yeah. and you have to watch out for astringency with that too. Just be really careful with your sparge if you keep using that. But I, yeah, I would just personally, I would just take that out and just use two row. Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. What about a little longer boil for the uh, to get that to drive that color up? I mean, maybe maybe this, well, this kettle, monastery kettle is doing... caramelization might help. Yeah, if you do, couldn't it, hurt at all. It was it a sixty minute boil or did you do ninety or what did you do? I can't remember how yeah. long I boiled it for, but it it calls for a ninety minute boil. Yeah, that would be appropriate. I don't know mm-hmm. that you'd need to go any farther than that or mm-hmm. or boil mm-hmm. the first runnings or anything like that. But you yeah, know, um, yeah, just a little more uh, Munich malts in there, kind of care care. Okay. Care of something. Care of something. <laughs> yeah. As far as my starter went, I used um, an Aramire flask on the um, on the stove. Uh-huh. Boil the water. Boil the starter. Um, let it cool down. Pitch the yeast from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a little confused in how I got contamination into what? that because I yeah. make the starter every single time, and this is the only beer that's tasted like that. What is your water? Um, what do you do with your water? I, I filter it just with a charcoal filter. Uh, you run it pretty slow, or because chlorophenolics are pretty hard to get out. If you, you know, if you run it a little too fast, you can leave some in there. I mean, granted, you know, most of us probably run it fairly fast too, and don't get that big of a chlorophenolic in there. You're not you're not sanitizing with bleach or anything, are you? <laughs> no. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, c- contaminations can. Star sand. Yeah, good. I mean, the classic chlorophenolic <laughs> comes up with you know either uh, chlorine sanitizers or yeah, uh, just too many chloramines in your water and and yeah. Um, but yeah, doesn't sound like you did any of that. Well, I mean, contamination can happen. You know, anywhere it could be there was a, a breeze that wasn't present at the time when you opened your flask and pitched your 
you know, whatever, or uh, the ball valve coming from your kettle, you know, disassemble that. And there's mold and, and all kinds of funk in there, or your pump head yep. or, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, wart chiller. Wart chiller, tubing. Uh, it may not necessarily have been in, in the in the starter. I mean, you know, I don't know, but I, I've gotten some weird, funky uh, contaminants in my in my starters before, where you know, a book ended with pretty good batches. So sometimes that shit just kind of happens. So you know, if it was your starter, maybe next time, uh, not that you didn't. I don't want to say that you you know you need to pay attention, Andrew. But uh, next time, pay attention to how the thing smells as it's fermenting. Those those will kind of give you clues as to if it's a healthy batch, if you have something in there or you need to start over. Yeah, and you can you can have, have again some, not that you didn't, but uh, have some friends help you evaluate it if you want to you know smelling it and throwing out a, a, a you know one or two liter starter is a lot uh, happier result than than you know throwing away or well not enjoying a whole five gallon batch of beer. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else for the guys, Andrew? Or uh, no, that just about yeah. covers it. Okay, so, cool. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks for sending the beer in. I appreciate it. I hope we, we helped. I know you. you yeah, know, we like, helped for sure. What's what's going on with my beer? And, and maybe you know, um, I'll just keep keep trying and and uh, you know, work with the, work with the yeast. Keep your yeast happy, and and you shouldn't have it happen like this again. Yeah, and do a full a full clean. Just just you know, every nook and cranny, man. Maybe even replace your transfer tubing because uh, things can live in, in anywhere. I'm, I'm I'm assuming you drank the beer that you that you got this pitch from. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm I'm curious if if you get any of that of of the the those off flavors that we're describing in this beer if you got that in that beer. No, they taste completely different. Yeah. Well, man, uh yeah, break everything down, give it a good soak, replace any plastic parts and uh clean your ball valves and uh give it another shot and let us know how it goes because uh uh yeah something it's, something went yeah. weird man for it's sure an interesting taste of beer i'll get it really is it that. Yeah. yeah you could have fooled you know. me I, I thought for sure yeah it's neat to taste a, a beer that tastes <laughs> that fruity and grapefruity without having any grapefruit or fruit <laughs> in it at all so that was kind of interesting for sure <laughs> all right andrew Cheers. all right you there all right buddy thanks man yep. uh, keep keep bye. on drinking there bye no sorry <laughs> Yeah, sometimes that happens, man. You just yeah. kind of get you yeah. get you get a funked out thing, and uh, it's it can hurt. Yeah. It can hurt, but you got to keep going. Man, we got some hardcore East Coasters tonight. This is we good. do, man. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We get a lot yeah. of East Coasters. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back. Uh, we're going to get some awards out. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Doctor Homebrew back after this. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available 
from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today high gravity home brewing supplies wants you to keep it simple brewing should be fun and with high gravity's amazing electric brewing systems it is high gravity keeps their brewing systems simple on purpose more efficient than gas customizable and with your choice of one two or three vessels high gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer formulate recipes and improve your beer's consistency dave at high gravity can customize your system to fit your needs high gravity invites you to visit their build your own brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric and high gravity offers 7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products www.highgravitybrew.com high gravity keep it electric keep it simple visit highgravitybrew.com admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, and we're back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. The final moments here, the countdown, if you will, to, uh, to the end of another recording session of Dr. Homebrew. 
Um, and that's the awards. We, we, we're we upping the ante on the awards today here, we, aren't we? We are here. Let me make this note here. That's got, a grog oh. tag, and that's a high gravity. Okay, so we have a, we have a brand new sponsor, uh, the Beer Bug. Taylor and the, and the guys at the Beer Bug uh, talking to Dr. Homebrew about how to make everybody's uh, fermentations go faster. Or not go faster, but, uh, you know, keep track of your brew day better and uh, help know what's going on in your fermenter, man. So if you haven't heard about about the brew bug or the beer bug, excuse me, you can go to thebeerbug.com and we have a special URL. It's thebeerbug.com slash TBN. And that is also the uh, the promo code that the guys have put together, TBN, all in caps. It is case sensitive uh, on their order page. And you can get a, a pretty fat discount, man. They're, they're $199, but you can get it for $179 and free shipping. If you use TBN, all caps, on their order page, so go to thebeerbug.com slash TBN, um, and then we'll be posting that on social media and stuff, too. So uh, the Beer Bug, man, it's pretty cool. I've used it before. I know Tasty's used it before as well. Uh, Brian, I'm going to bring mine in for you to try it, and I want Lee to try yeah. it, too. And I want us to kind of start using it because, you know, nothing nothing helps solve your potential problems better than knowing what they are to begin with yeah right but everybody likes to monitor things on their phone and as a yeah. brewer you like to know where things are at i mean yeah when I've, I've got my solar panels i'm on my app all the time looking at how much power i'm producing this you like scroll <laughs> over to the next app look how much what your beer is at the exact gravity and temperature that it's at and you know what you need to do with it from there and and instant data you know, is, yeah. is is a thing that we're all kind of used to it's, now but it's the key to you know keeping good control of your of your fermentations and making sure that they're going as you expect them to yeah and, um, yeah. it's, it's good to have that information. I think a lot of emphasis uh, is more emphasis than uh, than I guess it's a little out of, out of balance. There's more emphasis on on uh, uh, mash temperature and mm-hmm. and um, how long you mash for, how long you sparge for, how long you yeah, boil for. Did you do for, a step mash? Did you do, the, do right. step mash? Yeah. Right, right, and and not enough emphasis on on uh, the cold side, and that's yeah. where it needs to be. One yeah. one. Uh, uh, Somebody once told me that any monkey can make wort. That's but, true. Um, it's it's in the fermentation that that makes the biggest right. difference. Yeah. How's that? How's that curve going? Is it you know? You, and you get a nice graph with this too. It'll show you just how that how that curved down, or or if it's you know stopped somewhere, or, or you know bumped bumped around, and. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if, cool is, is it stalling? I mean, I just made a a, a barley wine uh and uh, I would have loved to be able to to know when it was done, but I didn't know. And and the, the old traditional way of figuring out if it's done, you have to pop your airlock and put your thief down in there and, you know, suck up some beer and you're opening it to a world of contamination. contamination yeah. And yeah. and that would be the worst thing, especially if it's not done. Uh, it, it, I don't know. So it's it's a whole yeah. thing, man. So in, in case you're not familiar with the beer bug, it's a device. It's a wireless device that sits uh, inside your stopper, essentially, just in any vessel that you can put uh, an airlock on. Uh, and there's a, a, a I'm going to call it a weight because I'm stupid and I don't know any better. <laughs> uh, but it's like a, a, a little weight, man, and it goes into your beer. And from there, it measures your ABV. It measures your specific gravity. It measures your temperature. Uh, so you can know exactly what's happening in your beer at any point right. of That's the awesome. fermentation. You're sitting at work at, on a 100-degree day, and, and all of a sudden you're watching your beer, and it goes up to, you know, 75 80 degrees and you don't like, what's like, going uh, on uh, oh my power yeah. went out because yeah. that's happened to everybody okay boss, at least yeah, you to, tell your boss you gotta to go leave. yeah, my, yeah. My, my beer's out of control at home i'm gonna bring it into the 
the safety of my, my, my fridge went out, and I'm going to bring it into the safety of my air-conditioned home and save, <laughs> save five gallons of beer today. One more reason I need to stick my nose in my phone all day long. Yes. Yeah, for sure, right? I need to take a break. I just, yeah, man. Uh, so when I've used it before, I've, I've just had it on my laptop, put on the little ottoman, watch TV. <laughs> there it is. It's going down. Yeah. There it is. It's going down. Uh, anyway, it's pretty cool, man. So, Taylor, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, and trying to help some uh, some good people on Dr. Homebrew, man. So, uh, again, uh, thebeerbug.com slash TBN and use discount code TBN, all in caps, on their order page. Uh, hit submit, and you'll see that price update. And, uh, you know, again, free shipping also. You can't beat that. So, we are going to – let's do our other two uh, giveaways first. Um for the uh, we have GrogTag, the folks at GrogTag.com are giving away forty dollar gift certificate to uh, the homebrewer with the lowest score, and uh, you know their tagline is at least your beer will look good, and so they kind of you know we well, I, they don't do anything we. I came up with uh, calling it the at least your beer will look good homebrew uh, forty dollar gift certificate. Um, Do they have a great because I think it's funny label? Or, uh, they maybe. No. they don't, but you might be able we're, to put it together. We're gonna give it to Andrew. We're so. gonna give it to Andrew. Yeah. You won something, Andrew. That's pretty cool, man. At least your beer will look good. And you go on, you make customizable labels and coasters and metal signs and caps and all that kind of stuff. It's fun to shop um, around there, yeah. It is fun to shop. And they're reusable, too. So if you're going to make a, you know, one recipe over and over again, you can, you can have one label for that recipe. It's pretty cool. So that means Josh Hartman wins the High Gravity uh, gift certificate. You can go to highgravitybrew.com. They are a full-service home brewing and winemaking supply shop on the internet. Desiree and, and, and the crew over there do a really good job uh, pushing homebrew, man. And uh, they have a lot of uh, cool winemaking kits if you're into that. They also do home brewing as well. Uh, turnkey system, electric brewing systems. Uh, they, they do a whole bunch of stuff, man. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. I, I appreciate what they're doing over there. So... Uh, uh, Josh, that's yours, man. Congratulations. And Desiree will be in touch. And uh, so for the for the beer bug giveaway, I'd like to give it to Andrew. Are you guys all right with that? I'm down with that. Let's do that. Because I think Andrew would really benefit the most, honestly, from knowing what his ferment is doing. Um, I think a beer like that, you, you would right, you would know some anomalies. You, you know something's going on. Yeah, something with a big solventiness, or a, you know, mm-hmm. it could come from too high of a fermentation temperature, along yeah. with some other things going on. But yeah, and then you don't have to you don't have to guess. You don't have to like tape a thermometer to the side of your carboy because this is it's a whole thing, man. One yeah. more thing that you have under your control, or you know, if it's stuck, it's just a really sluggish fermentation. Early in the fermentation, you mm-hmm. can add some more yeast and get it try to get it happier and get it going, but. Yeah, yeah we didn't lot. even talk about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that's doing Because even if you do a starter, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to have a slow start. So if you haven't, right. if you don't right. see any activity in 24 hours, something's up, dude. And you should yeah. you should add some more yeast. I mean, nine times out of ten, it'll probably be okay, passable homebrew. But uh, yeah, we didn't know, even we talk about oxygenation either. No, we did. No. We didn't talk about a lot of stuff with him. He a had lot. a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, Andrew, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that, and I'll have Tyler uh, uh, get in touch with you from the beer bug. Yeah, I hope you'll enjoy and, that. Uh, I think he will, man. Because like guy. Yeah, fun to play with there. It's a cool, it's a cool setup. I, I'm really excited about it, and uh, I think Andrew will be too. So, uh, oh, I don't even have my uh, my closing music. Closing monologue, yet. JP, bring it up. Ready, oh. go. <laughs> music. My pre-recorded Cue closing music. monologue. Cue monologue. Cue cheesy voice. Well, we've we've done a lot of radio tonight, folks, and uh, I think we've helped a lot of people. 
and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. I want to thank, uh, of course, our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. I want to thank Grog Tag at grogtag.com. I want to thank High Gravity Homebrewing and Winemaking Supplies at highgravitybrew.com. And, of course, I want to welcome, again, uh, the folks from The Beer Bug. Go to thebeerbug.com slash TBN and throw that discount code in there, man. And, uh, you know, save some cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some free shipping and uh, fix your beer, dude. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Again, we also want to thank Mr. Matt Sager for yeah. joining us here. Thanks for being sickly. Show. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, well, we missed Lee, but um, yeah. Matt, you did a passable job. Yeah, unfortunately, Matt, you <laughs> well, don't get anything. <laughs> Matt doesn't yeah, get anything. We'll buy you a beer at the bar. Oh, yeah, we'll buy you <laughs> a beer, buddy. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've judged with Matt a lot over the years, and he's a great guy. He's, he did a for sure. He did um, a stellar job. Stellar job. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. It's Dr. Homebrew.